we want to hear from the Lord this morning. And so I want to encourage you to open your Bibles and uh, go with me uh, to the book of Isaiah. We're going to be in Isaiah today. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, uh, you can uh, get a hold of our usher's attention. Uh, we want you to have a copy of God's Word in front of you. If you don't own one, you can just take that one. It's a gift to you. Uh, we love to study God's Word together, so uh, you can grab one from them or you can follow along with us on uh, the Bible app and go to the book of Isaiah, uh, chapter 55. Isaiah 55 is where we're going to be today. And... Um, We've, we've been, um, I, I think this was good for us to take uh, a few weeks here, the month of February, and uh, really just kind of reset and refocus our hearts and get after this. Um, I am becoming, I hope this, you're, you're understanding this too, um, Jesus' name is the only name we need, and, and we want to lift high the name of Jesus and praise him because we know how much we need him and, and we're growing in a passion and a, and a desire for him. We've actually been uh, taking just a couple weeks kind of looking at a couple of Old Testament texts because we want to grow in our, in our hunger and our thirst for Jesus. I hope you're growing in that, that you, you know how much you need him and you want him. And, and here's the, this is just such an awesome uh, promise that Jesus gives us. For those of us that are, that are growing in that hunger and growing in that thirst, Matthew chapter 5, uh, it, it, this is one of the Beatitudes, he gives us this promise, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That's what we're getting after, okay? Isn't that encouraging? Like, if you are hungering and thirsting after the right things, you are going to be satisfied. I want you to grow in, in, in hungering and thirst for the right things, and I want to make sure uh, that you don't look in the wrong place to satisfy your hunger. I think it's appropriate for us to take a, a, a moment and, and today just kind of evaluate where are we looking? Like, I know we're hungry, but am I looking in the right place for satisfaction? When, when you're hungry, um, you want to go out to eat, find a place that's really going to fill you up. Uh, but Carissa and I, I, I actually recently just told her um, that um, for me, no more buffets. Do we have, any, like, do we have anybody that like, love buffets? Okay, nobody's going to, okay, a few of you are going to admit that out loud. So I, um, over Christmas vacation, um, we, we, we were with all of our family, we got everybody together, and we decided to go uh, to one of those uh, Chinese buffets, and, and, and not the one where it's just kind of like, you know, like a, a row of food. It, this had like four aisles of food, you know what I'm talking about? Like not only were you getting your orange chicken, but you could also get pizza and, and macaroni and cheese and Thanksgiving dinner and, and you know, egg, egg salad and fried rice and spaghetti. and I mean, you can get anything. It's the kind of place that preys on those of us who have absolutely no self-control. You know what I'm talking about? And so I, like, I, I walk into this place. I, I really made a, a mistake uh, because uh, there was sushi there as well. I know, like that, that was a really poor life choice for me, and I paid for it later. But these are the kind of places where I walk into it, and I'm kind of, I'm trying to pace myself, but I always end up just like gorging on all the food, and then I feel terrible later, and, and um, super disappointing. It looks like the kind of place that's going to satisfy you, but um, in the end, um, it leaves you miserable and disappointed. I think some of you know that feeling. Not just with food, right? That we all 
um, have longings and desires, and we spend our lives trying to find and searching for some sort of fulfillment. And it's important that we know where to look for satisfaction. So here's a big idea that we're going to see this morning, if you're taking notes. Uh, here's, here's what I want you to get. Jesus offers you satisfaction, and only he can provide it. He, he wants that for you, but he's the only one who can give it to you. Can, can I show that to you? Isaiah chapter 55. Uh, we're just going to read two verses today, but start in chapter 55, verse 1. These are the words of God now. Um, he's speaking to us here in Isaiah 55, verse 1. He says this, come. That's an awesome word, isn't it? Come, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. God, that's what we want. We um, we're, we're confessing that, that we all have these desires. We all have these longings, and we're, we're, we're searching for fulfillment. We're searching for something that's going to bring that kind of satisfaction. And, and Lord, I'm so thankful that we have, we've already declared it. We've already been reminded of this. And so I pray that you would show it to us in your word. We want to not just know it intellectually, but we want to experience it, God. We want to be a church that is on fire for you. That you would set a fire down in our souls to hunger and thirst after you, knowing with this promise that you're going to fill us. You're going to satisfy us in that. And so I pray that you would show us again that you are, you are glorious. There, there's no one that is greater. There's no one more glorious. That you're a God who wants to be known. And because you're our creator, because you are the greatest thing in the universe, it just makes sense that you would design us to want you, to worship you, and to find joy in that. Lord, I ask that you would uh, let your Holy Spirit be moving even now as we look at these things. And it's possible that we've gotten our eyes off of this and we've forgotten and maybe we're putting something else uh, on a pedestal, something else that we're pursuing. And Lord, I pray that you convict us of that. I'm just so thankful that you're patient with us in this. You know our frame. You know that we're prone to these things. And so, Lord, I, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for your mercy and your grace that you would show us that and remind us that you taste better. And Lord, I pray that we walk out of here convinced of it. I pray that we walk out of here singing the praise of one name. It's the name of Jesus. It's in that name we pray. Amen. Well, let me give you... Um, Two reasons you want this, okay? Uh, two reasons that you really want this, and, and here's one. Uh, the reason you want this is because with Jesus, you have an undeserved invitation. Do you see that in the text? Verse 1, I, I, I just love how he starts. He says, come everyone who thirsts to come, come to the waters. And, and he's using that obviously as a metaphor, uh, but he's talking to those of us who all have, have these longings and a desire to find meaning and to find satisfaction, to find, f- find joy. I mean, all of us, uh, we want to know like, why we're here. 
And, and what's the purpose that would give some meaning to our existence? And, and, and not just purpose, but that we'd actually be able to enjoy this existence, that we would find some sort of happiness. And we're all searching for that. And sometimes we get close to it. Sometimes we have a, you know, maybe it's a, in a relationship that just means the world to us, and, and, and we feel a little bit of it there. And, or maybe it's an experience that, that really brings some sense of happiness to you. Or, or maybe it's a, a desire that is kind of momentarily fulfilled, and, and you feel a little bit of it, but, but, but it doesn't ever seem to last. And even the good things that we're enjoying, it's like they don't quite get there to that level of full satisfaction. It's like you get a, it's like you get a taste of it, but then it's, then it's gone, and, and it always just seems like it's just a little bit out of reach. You know what I'm saying? One of the reasons we feel that, uh, God tells us, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, is that he has put eternity into man's hearts. God has put eternity forever into our hearts. It's this sense that we all have that this life is not all there is. And the reason that God has put that into our hearts is because he knows that this world cannot satisfy our deepest longings. Only he can do that. And so here he's, he's likening this, this longing that we have in verse 1. He's saying it's, it, it's, it's like when you're thirsty. It's like when you, you, you feel this need, this, this de- desire to drink. And, and you can think about times where you've been working out and, and, and working up a sweat. Or, or um, I know it's kind of hard to imagine right now because it's February, but you can imagine like on a really, really hot day and, and you've got this, this urge or, or this longing, uh, this, this desperation for water. You want to experience this, this cool relief and refreshment. We all want to be filled like that. And, and even if we couldn't express it, I think we're all kind of looking for that relief, kind of hoping to finally find it. Maybe it is when we, we, we meet that special person that's, that, you know, that's going to love us for who we are and, 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 and just fill us with acceptance. And, 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 or maybe, maybe it's you think, like, once, once I finally have a family or once we have kids or we have more kids, and, and, or, or uh, for you it, it might be uh, that, that it's, it's going to happen once I've proven myself and I've, uh, you know, I've set some goals and, and I win people's approval and respect because of what I've been able to accomplish in my life. And, and I'm really, you know, more excited about what I've been able to do and I feel empowered in that. Or, or, or maybe it's when you're uh, going to get something or get, uh, you know, what you want out of a, a vacation time or free time or money to spend and do whatever you want and have fun. Maybe, maybe it's some security that you would have in a, in a dream home in a, in a nicer neighborhood or or, or uh, a, a bigger nest egg and your investments are paying off, or, or it might even be in some indulging in some fleshly fantasy. See, we all just end up kind of looking and, 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 and we're searching for that sense of satisfaction. It's like when my kids are, are, are looking for one of the toys that they've lost and they're, they're looking under the couch cushions and they're looking under their bed and under their dressers like, is it here? Is it here? It, and, and, and we get to the point where we kind of wonder, like, are we ever going to find what we're looking for? And to that, God says, come. Come on! Isn't that awesome? Doesn't this tell you something about God? This tells me that he's an inviting God. That that he's not just a a, a cold, uncaring, far-off, uninvolved, uh, egotistically indifferent deity who's only concerned with himself, doesn't give a rip about us and what we're going through. Like, he cares, he Wants what's best for us. And so he's, he's inviting, because listen, listen, he wants and intends for us to experience 
inexpressible joy and satisfaction. Like, he created us for it. He wants that for you. But he also knows that only he could satisfy. And if he really is the only thing that could satisfy, and he's the greatest thing in the universe, then it just makes sense that he would create us. We, he, he's designed us then to be able to enjoy him and worship him. And so what he's doing here in this text is he's extending the invitation. Come! Come to the waters. This is where your thirst is going to be quenched. I love this. He says, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk. It's not just, not just water. It's like you're getting this invitation to a banquet. You need this and you want this, okay? Uh, he, he's giving us uh, three different beverages. We, we've got water. We've got milk. We've got wine. These are, these are symbols of, of refreshment and abundance and pleasure. God wants to rescue you. He wants to refresh you and give you life. But he also wants to nourish you and help you grow strong. And he also wants to fill your life with joy and pleasure. Do you know that? Uh, John Piper's been helpful. Here's, here's what he says about this. He says, God is willing to revive us from the heat of Death Valley with the miracle of his water and make us strong and healthy and stable with the miracle of his milk and then give us endless and ever fresh exhilaration with the miracle of his wine. He wants all of that for you. But it's all found in Jesus. That's where we find it. In fact, I want you to look at the screen here. This is uh, the words of Christ, John chapter 7. Here's what he says. He says, uh, if anyone now, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So, so this is kind of an open invitation to every single one of us who has ever had a longing and a desire that this world just doesn't seem to fill. What he's saying is, come to me. Come to me. Joy is found in the presence of Jesus. That in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And he, he understands that there's nowhere else. He's, he, he's, not, he's not hiding. He's not playing hard to get. He's inviting you because he wants you to experience it. But who actually gets it? Look at, look at, look at what it says, verse 1. Who are the ones that actually get it? He says, come everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. So, so this invitation is for for those who can't afford it and don't have any means to pay for it. Maybe, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you've been like out somewhere and, and, and you started getting hungry and so you decided you were going to go uh, grab a burger or grab some Chipotle or whatever it was that you were out and, and, and you reach back and you realize you don't have your wallet. Has this ever happened to you? It's like a horrible feeling when you're out and you realize like I have, no, I have no way to pay for it. Maybe even worse is if you were out and you realize not only did you not have your wallet, but you left your phone. <gasps> gasp, right? Like that. Could anything be worse? Like now there's no way to pay. I can't use Apple Pay. There's no PayPal. I can't even call somebody. I can't text anybody. That, can you imagine how helpless you'd feel without? That's the, the feeling that he's trying to uh, help us understand here in verse 1. That's the state we're in. We are sinners, children of wrath that deserve God's judgment, not salvation, and certainly not an invitation to enjoy His presence. We're undeserving. We are helpless. 
We're in poverty. And I want, I want, to, I want to be careful like, not to push the limits of an illustration. I mean, a biblical illustration is the best kind, but I don't, I don't want to push this too far. Uh, but, but before we start thinking that, that, you know, we're in poverty, and so maybe, you know, if you see somebody in poverty, you just kind of feel bad. You just want to help them out. So maybe, maybe God should just feel bad for us and give it to us anyway. Before we think that, uh, the reason that we have no money, verse 2 tells us, is that be, we spent it all on something else because we didn't want him. And so here we are, incapable of paying and not in any position to ask or expect him that he should give us anything. It's kind of humbling when you realize just how needy but undeserving and completely at his mercy we are. Which just makes this invitation all the more amazing, doesn't it? The fact that he would, he would welcome us. He says, come, come. Buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. It's free. It's free to you. There's no cost. You, you can come and enjoy this. I know you don't have it. You don't bring anything to the table. But God wants you to experience life and satisfaction and the joy of knowing him. Even though you have nothing that you would bring that, that, that would be worthy of that. But, but how is it possible that, that somebody um, with, with no money could buy that? Well, the answer is that somebody else had to pay for it. It's free to us because somebody else had to pay. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what he's offering to us because Jesus paid for our sin on the cross. He died literally in our place. He didn't deserve that. But he died in our place so that he could then give us this free gift of life with him. That is an undeserved invitation. He wants you to experience it. But you bring nothing to the table that would make you worthy of it. And some of you may need to do that. And some of you need to accept the invitation today. And I would encourage you, if, if you want to accept that invitation, you do it by faith. That's it. It's not by something you do. It's not by, you know, trying a little harder, being a better person. And I came to church today, God, I'm, I'm doing my thing. It's none of that. It's simply believing in who he is and what he's done for you. The problem is that, that not everybody is really actually ready to admit that they're needy and at his mercy. And so I just encourage you, at, at some point you have to get over yourself. I mean, the invitation is you, you, to, to come and buy, but you have no money. So any impulse to pay for it is actually just kind of foolishly arrogant. The work has already been done. The price has already been paid, and, and, and now he's welcoming you. Come, he says, come to the waters. Come to the banquet of abundance and pleasure in his presence and enjoy him forever. I know... Um, it's easy for us to think that this is for um, people that have never actually put their faith in, in Jesus before, and so this is a good word for everybody like that. But um, I, I, the Lord's been impressing this on me that I need this too. This is for my everyday. Because I can't enjoy the presence of God until I rest in the gospel. Think about what, what he's saying to you. 
God loves you. I can't earn that today. And I don't have to. And I can't lose that today. And I never will. I mean, that is, there's so much joy and security in seeing this that he is inviting us, not because, not because we deserve it, but because he loves us. And so he says, come. And come again. Maybe we need that reminder today. Let's come back to the gospel so that we can really see who Jesus is and we'll recognize how much we want it. Let me give you a second reason that you want this, okay? You really want this because Jesus offers us an incomparable satisfaction. It's absolutely incomparable. Look at the question he asks in verse 2. He says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? So not only is he extending this invitation for us to come and experience him, but he also invites you to compare. What he's saying is, like, go ahead, like, look at what I have to offer you and, and then look at what you're pursuing. How's that working out for you? Now, how many of us have experienced the, the, the disappointment when the things that we're pursuing actually fail to bring any sense of fulfillment or, or satisfaction that you thought they would? You felt that? You know, it's especially discouraging when, when, when a dream comes true. Some, something that you were hoping for, that you've always been longing for, and you finally get it. And once you get it, you're like, That's, it's great, but... It didn't quite live up to the height. It didn't make me feel the way I thought it would, and, and, and it didn't really last either. Uh, Disney actually explored this in one of my uh, favorite princess movies. I'm a, I'm a dad with girls, so I'm allowed to have favorite princess movies. That do you, I don't know if you, you might recognize this one. And, and I, listen, I'm not, I'm not bashing on this movie because I think this is like better than Frozen and Moana put together. So this is one of my favorites. But uh, you, you may know the story of Rapunzel. And uh, in, in the story Entangled, Rapunzel, um, she dreams her whole life of seeing the floating lights, right? And then she comes across this hunk uh, in, in Flynn Rider, and he brings her into this boat, and they go out, and they're gonna, she's going to see it. She's going to finally see these floating lanterns. And before she's about, she's been dreaming of this her whole life. Before she gets there, she starts kind of wrestling with that. Like, well, you know, I'm, I, I've been thinking about this. I've been wanting this, and, and now I'm going to experience And what happens if it's not everything I thought it would be? And what happens if it is? That's actually a really profound question, isn't it? Maybe the things that we've been thinking about, the, the things we've been longing, like if we, if we got those, what, what then? What, what's next? And the answer that Disney gives us is that's the, the, the nice part about it is then you get to go and find a new dream. And of course, you know, it's true love. They find true love and they have this awesome wedding scene. How many of you can testify that marriage is the greatest joy in the universe? All the wise men just raised their hands, right? But we know they're lying, right? They're, the reason we know they're... Think about this for just a minute. Think about if, if that's true, that marriage really is, true love is the, the greatest joy in the universe, then I, I would think that we would not ever really see marriages falling apart and coming to an end, right? I think about how this works. My, my wife, Carissa, um, she's back in the kids today. Um, she was my dream girl and still is. I love that woman. I love being married to her. 
And, but she knows that she could never actually uh, fulfill the deepest longing of my soul that only God could satisfy. And for me to ask that or expect that of her is, is actually unfair and, and destructive to the beautiful love that we can enjoy. See, so what he's saying is you can enjoy good things, but good things can never be ultimate things. And when we make them ultimate things and we think that they're going to satisfy, then here's what happens. We start chasing after them. Even if we get them, then we just end up having to chase after new dreams all the time. Like, I got this dream and now, well, that didn't work. Now I got to find a new dream. And, and, and when does it stop? At, at, at some point, maybe it's this relationship and then it's, and it's another relationship where I'm looking for that love and that acceptance. I'm wanting people to like me. I, I, get, I get the applause of men and that's great, but then I discover that there's a person that doesn't like me. I can't have that. I, I want everybody to like me or, 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 or maybe, again, it might be success for you. Maybe it's, it's, it's the accomplishments and, and climbing that ladder and, and being recognized for your performance. Or, or it might be in the security of more money or that, that, that dream home in the nice neighborhood, having a new kitchen that looks like something Joanna Gaines designed or, or, or new furniture or a new phone or, or, or a new car or financial freedom and the ability to just get whatever you want. Or, or some of you are like, I don't care about what I get. Like, I just want some leisure. I just want some time to myself. I mean, honestly, if I, could, if I could have just a couple of hours with no kids and no deadline, that would be awesome, right? And, and, or, or I just want time to be able to play Fortnite or, or scroll mindlessly through Facebook or, or, or binge Netflix. You know, I just I want time to myself. I want, I, want, I want to have fun. I want to have weekends to go and, and travel and explore the world and experience new cultures. And, and, and maybe it's pleasure. Maybe it's things like I just want to get new, some new toys or, or I want to have some nights out on the town. Maybe it's chasing sexual pleasures even inside in God's design of marriage or outside with some immoral temptation for instant gratification. Listen, it is so easy to get sucked down into the vortex of chasing one new dream after the next, looking for satisfaction. But you're not going to find it. So, so what is it for you? I, I want you to think about this personally because we're probably all tempted differently. But what is it for you that you'd say, like, I just... If I had this, like this, this will make me happy. It might be something elusive that you, you don't have yet and you're still trying to get. Maybe it's something you run back to a lot and you're kind of ashamed of it. You guys remember Solomon? You know Solomon in the Old Testament? David, King David's son. He became the king of Israel and um, this dude had everything. I mean, you name it, he had it. And he wrote a book called Ecclesiastes. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, he kind of lets us know, like, I, he literally tried everything because he could. He tried everything. He tried pursuing knowledge and wisdom and pleasure and sex and money and stuff and working hard and building and accomplishing. You know, you know what he said at the end of it? Behold, all was vanity and a striving after the wind. All of that stuff. It's like trying to chase the wind. Do you ever catch the wind? So how many of you feel are, are just tired of feeling empty in that? These are the things that we pursue and we, we find, just like Solomon's telling us, it doesn't work. In verse 2, Jesus knows that you're hungry. 
But he also knows that if you're not hungry for him, then you're just wasting your money because it's not bread. Jesus is the fulfillment of this verse. Look up here. John chapter 6, here's what he says. Here are the words of Jesus. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Only Jesus can satisfy. That's it. So how do I, how do I get him? Well, look at what it says. Look at, look at the end of verse 2. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen. That's an important word. Listen diligently to me. That, that Hebrew word listening is such an important word for them. It's the word shema. This goes back to Deuteronomy chapter 6, the most important verse that they've ever heard. Hear, O Israel. Shema, Yisrael. Listen. Listen to God's word. Hear the gospel. It's not trying harder. It's not, you can't earn it. You can't pay for it. You don't have any money. Listen and believe who he is and what he's done for you. And when you do, you confess him as Lord. When we're listening to the gospel, we do what verse 2 says. We eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. We saw this last week. This, is, this means the best parts of the food. This is the, the stuff that makes you salivate. It's so uh, rich and full of flavor. What he's saying is eat the good stuff. Eat what's good. And don't just eat. Love that you're eating it. And compare it. I, uh, I swiped this a fake loaf of bread from my kids' um, play kitchen. And, and, and I don't know if this, this probably this doesn't really look all that appetizing up close. I can't imagine that it really uh, is tempting you in any way from that distance. But um, here, here's the deal. Like, this, this is what you're pursuing if you're pursuing anything else more than Christ. Why? Like, do you really want this? It's kind of like plastic fruit. I mean, what is the point, right? There, there's no point to this. And the question that he's asking you is, what do you want more? Do you want something that kind of maybe looks like it? But in the end, isn't going to bring any sense of satisfaction. No, what he's saying is, I, I, want you to, I want you to eat what is good. Do you know that Jesus is better? He tastes better. I love Psalm 34. Do you know this? Psalm 34, verse 8, it says this, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He wants you to listen to the Word because it's, it's in the Gospel that you're going to experience it. You're going to taste it. And once you've tasted it, you're going to know He is better. He is incomparably satisfying. Church, do you know that? Do you? I'm just going to confess that sometimes I don't. And I've been praying a lot about this lately. Because sometimes we just get off on it and, and, and we almost forget. And, and I'm, I found myself having to pray this a lot. Lord, show me again that you really are all I need for everlasting joy. If I could just have you. Now, that's a battle in my heart. Kind of guessing that it is for you too. That we would stop chasing after fake food and believe that he really is better. Don't settle for lesser things. And if you, maybe if you've been looking to something else for happiness, here's why this gets really difficult. Because sometimes we, we get the taste of the world in our mouth. It's hard to get that out. 
But if you could just taste the glory of Christ and experience the presence of the Lord. And in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you could see that, you would know. He is incomparably better. And you give everything else up just to have him. That's the kind of hunger that we're chasing. Do you want him? And do you want him more than anything else? I want us to wrestle with that, and and we're going to wrestle with it right now before God. I think it would be good for us to spend a moment. I'm going to have the worship team come, and I want you to pray right where you're at. Because as, I, uh, as we've been looking at what God's word says, it's very possible that some of you are, uh, God's kind of convicting you about some things that you've been pursuing, some things that you've been making. That's important. I need that. I want that. That's going to make me happy. And if I could just get that. And listen, what he's trying to help you understand, if, if you've been chasing after that, looking to that for your satisfaction, one, it's not going to work. And two, it's an idol. An idol is sin. So right where you're at, I I want you to just pray. And if that's true, if you've been chasing after something else, let's let's just do business with the Lord. Let's just confess that and, and give that up and ask Him to show you that He really is better. Go ahead, ask God to give you greater hunger and thirst for him. And while you pray, um, maybe there's somebody in here who realizes that they've been looking in all the wrong places and they've never done this before, but you want to accept the invitation that Jesus is offering you today. I would love for you to experience the joy and the satisfaction of Christ and to know that you can have eternal life. that's you. You're saying, I get it. I I know I don't deserve it, but I really do believe that Jesus died on the cross and he did that for me. And I want to trust him today. If that's you, then here's how you accept the invitation. You just believe. You believe in what he did for you. And in the quietness of your heart, right where you're at, you can just pray that. You can just say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve judgment, but I believe that Jesus died on the cross in my place.